Hey everybody, Caleb here, and I'm excited to continue our Christmas series, The Christmas Gift. And if you're like us, you might be halfway through getting your Christmas gifts by now. If not, then you're probably rushing to make sure that you get all your Christmas gifts before the dreaded delivery time deadlines or hitting the mall or Tanger outlets or whatever and wherever you may be going to get your Christmas gifts. And as we've been getting our Christmas gifts for our kids, I've been really excited because our boys in particular are at an age when they're starting to like the Lego that I like and the video games that I love. And it's been a lot of fun for me, especially with our son Malachi, to be able to dream about the things we can get him, but also secretly um, I get to play with those as well, which I'm excited about. And it got me thinking about my favorite all-time Christmas gift as a kid. Everybody has a all-time favorite gift. It might not be in your childhood, but any time in your life, there is a gift that you remember, or I hope you remember there's a gift that you remember in your life. And I was thinking about this, and there's one gift that I remember, and I have a vivid, vivid memory of, and it's one that I always remember when I think about my favorite gift. It changed my life. It was one gift to rule them all. And it was in the 90s, and it was at the peak of the original Nintendo Entertainment System. It was the original Nintendo, and I wanted it so bad. And I remember waking up on that Christmas morning, coming down the stairs, I've got a vivid memory of the glow of the Christmas tree lights around the corner in the living room, and the glow of the TV was on. And I remember hearing this sort of 8-bit noise, and as I turned the corner, I saw that next level technology of the 90s, and my dad had set up a Nintendo, which they bought for me for Christmas, and he had set it up with Robocop playing, waiting for me as I came down the stairs. Now, in the 90s, this was the peak of technology. This was super expensive. I probably, I think it was the only gift I had that, that year. Honestly, it was the only one that mattered that year, and I played it for weeks on end. And you know the game, you know, it was like a two-bit sideways, you only run It was all that that's all it was, or It was I mean, it was amazing. It was none of none of what we have today. It was pixel perfect. Pixelated perfect. Perfect pixelated fun. And uh, it was probably the best Christmas gift I ever had. And the moment I saw it, I mean, it was like heaven collided with earth. And I played for hours, as I said. And, you know, Mario was just on 24-7. It was Super Mario Brothers was my favorite game. I had Robocop and Super Mario Brothers. I don't know why they call it Super Mario Brothers, because at the time it was only Mario. Like, Luigi wasn't even on the scene yet. So, you know, I still ask myself, you know, where were your brothers, Mario? Why was it called brothers? Is, it, is anybody asking these questions? And why do you hate turtles so much? Um, I digress, but it was a crest, the best Christmas ever. And uh, that's the one Christmas gift I remember. And then it got me thinking about the worst Christmas gift I've ever had. And, uh, you know, natural progression, best to worst. It should, I probably should have gone worst to best. And there isn't a particular worst Christmas gift I had, but um, there is one type of Christmas gift that I disdain out of all the Christmas gifts that anybody could give me. And this is a hint for anybody that wants to buy me gifts in the future. But there is one kind of Christmas gift that I hate. You know when somebody buys you a gift 
and the gift is a little late in delivery. It's not arrived. It's not going to arrive on time. But instead of getting you something else that you can open, like and actually feel and touch and you know enjoy, they print out a piece of paper with a picture of what you're meant to get, and they give you a picture of what it is they didn't have the organization skills to get you in time. You know, it's not, I mean, this isn't the gift, it's a picture of the gift. I've waited 365 days for this moment. I love Christmas. And I've waited 365 days for this moment, and you're asking me to wait another 14 days? No way, Jose. That is the worst Christmas gift that anybody could ever give me. In fact, it's not even a present, it's not present at all. We've got the best Christmas gift and we've got worst Christmas gifts and we all have those stories, I'm sure. But today we're going to continue in the theme of gifts and we're going to unwrap a message called the present gift. Unlike the worst Christmas gift where you give somebody a piece of paper of something that might come in the future, we're going to talk about the present gift, the with us gift. If you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn with me to Matthew 1 and verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until he had give, she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, the present gift, the here and now gift, the close gift, the with us gift, Jesus. And if you take anything from today, know this, before we get into anything, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to save us, yes, but also to be with us, close to us, the present gift. That's the thing that if you take anything away from today, that's what I want you to take away from today. You can shut off the preach now. That is the main point of the message. It's not that Jesus ever had the actual name Emmanuel. His name was Jesus. We even see that. You know, he names him Jesus. It's like, and his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us, but then they name him Jesus. It wasn't his actual name, but it pointed to his purpose, bringing God's presence to man. So God and man could be close, could be together, could be in fellowship for good, the ever-present gift. 
700 years before Matthew writes this account, the prophet Isaiah, in fact, we get these words from the prophet Isaiah. Matthew takes these words from the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 7.14, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The young woman pregnant and about to bear a son shall name him Emmanuel, God with us. You know, Isaiah was a little like those people who print out that piece of paper to show you what's to come, but it hadn't come yet. And the people of God, and like me, who had to wait maybe like 14 days for that present to arrive, they had to wait 700 years for this prophecy to be fulfilled. Matthew, aware of this, echoes Isaiah and tells us that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through Isaiah, solidifying our understanding that Jesus is the Anointed One. He was the one that the prophets and the whole of the Old Testament pointed to. The fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies and predictions concerning the coming of the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't this the good news? Isn't this what we see throughout the whole of Scripture as God's purpose? Because His intention, point one is this, His intention was to be with us. Right from the very beginning, when he created Adam and Eve, we find him walking with them in the garden. They had fellowship with God. Fellowship is a is a is a jargony word. It's a Christianese word or a uh, Lord of the Ringsy type word, but it means companionship. It means people who share interests. It's a pursuit of a common goal. Fellowship is side by side. It's shoulder to shoulder. It's friendship. It's relationship. God himself was with Adam and Eve, was with humanity at the very beginning. He wanted to be in fellowship with us. When God created man, he created him with a purpose to have fellowship with himself. That was our purpose, to walk with God, to talk with God, to have relationship with the Father. And we know what happens next. Sin enters the scene. Yuck. And one John tells us, that sin is all wrongdoing and it's an offense to God and it, it damaged that gift of fellowship that we had in the garden. It tore a big chasm between God and man. And Adam and Eve were separated from God. It was a tragic reality and it wasn't, it wasn't what God desired. And throughout the whole of Scripture, you can see God presencing Himself amongst his people because he wanted to be with us. It was his desire to be with his people. We find that in Genesis 28. Here's some scriptures of, of God sharing his desire to be with his people. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Genesis 28, 15. Exodus thirty-three fourteen says, And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Don't fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. It's his desire. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, I am with you. Psalm 23, 4, we know this well, even though I walk through the shadow of death, the psalmist writes this, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. But the thing is, it, this presencing himself, because of sin, it, because of the, the chasm that was created, 
When God was with his people, it was for a time or at a particular location. And his presence, the closeness of his presence wasn't the same. It would come and go. And at only a few who were set apart and holy, the priests, the high priests, could actually be in the very presence of God. He was so holy. He was so mighty. He was so awesome in the right sense of the term that not, it wasn't just any old Joe that could be with him. And sin, man, I mean, that pesky sin kept us apart. And honestly, it sucked. It, it, it's like in the movies, I've never been to prison. I know that's, uh, that's shocking for many of you because I'm so, so hard. And um, yeah, I, I could go to prison. I, I could be bad. But um, I've never been to prison. Uh, but I've seen movies of people in prison. Um, so I feel like I know what it's like. And, uh, you know, it's like people that are in prison and you see in the movies and, you know, in order to be with their loved ones or be with their visitors, they could only visit for a short time on a particular day. And it's only particular people can go and see them at times, but there's always this kind of like glass dividing them. They can't actually be with the person. It's with them, but it's not really with them. They're close to them, but not really as close as they want to be. The offense keeps them apart. The offense keeps them from actually being with their loved ones. And ever since the garden, man has been trying to get that fellowship back with God. God knew this. He saw this. He knew the only way was to deal with sin once for all, to deal with the root issue, to deal with that chasm that divided us from God and that relationship that we had with him when we walked with him and talked with him in the garden. And in him seeing this, this is good news to us because he saw us in our dirt, in our shame, in our weakness, in our hurt, in our pain, in our disconnection. He saw us in our prison. He saw us in our sin. And so he sent himself to be with us permanently. Not distant, not aloof, but God dwelling among man. Not to come and go, but ever present to be with all who call on him. Not just for certain times or certain places, but always and everywhere. Not just for one or two special set apart people, but for all. His one and only son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The present gift. He wanted to be with us. And now, through Emmanuel, through Jesus, the good news to us is He is with us. God with us. He didn't only want to be with us. It wasn't a past thing. It wasn't a garden thing. But now, today, He is with us. That's great news. That's good news. Jesus wasn't just God with us. While he was here physically on earth, he's with us right now. In fact, I believe he is Manuel, the present gift in the room where you are right now. He is with you through his spirit for all who believe in him. This is the promise we as Christians hold tight to. Once we believe in Jesus and put our trust in him, we're no longer alone. He is the present gift. It's no longer a piece of paper that we're waiting for in the future. But when we accept Jesus, that gift arrives and he's with us. He is Emmanuel, lived amongst us 
to pattern life for us. He died on a cross for us so we could have fellowship with God again. In Romans, the Bible tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in the book of James, we read, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. His desire is to be close to you, with you, and in fellowship with you. He took the biggest step from his place, seated on the throne, God Almighty, into a manger in a barn. So it's up to us now to make the call to turn to him, live for him, and draw near to him. And his promise is that to all who call on his name, they will be saved. And when we do, we know that Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul writes, and he says that Christ now dwells in our hearts. How much closer than, than that can he get? That's closer than Adam and Eve. Yes, he wanted to be with us. Yes, he is with us, Emmanuel. But by his spirit, he is within us. Whatever life throws, us, throws at us, Jesus promises us that he is always there and that he will never leave us. Matthew 28, 20, he promises, he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And he's speaking about the spirit, the Holy Spirit in whom he sent on the day of Pentecost. When times are good, he's with us and we celebrate and he celebrates our success. When times are bad, he's there to lift us up and gets us through it. He is within us. He is Emmanuel, the present gift. Often when things don't seem to go right in life, we start feeling like we've been left on our own. We've all felt that. And if you've not, then I want to know your secrets. So please call me. The number's on the screen. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Call me anytime. Actually, don't. Unless you have the answer. I digress again. Often when things don't seem right in life, we start feeling like we've been left on our own. Pressures surround us. Troubles cling to us. We might be facing huge losses. Or we find ourselves in long seasons of waiting. God's timing seems off. We start feeling alone, forgotten, defeated, and filled with doubt. If God is really with us, then why did that happen? If God is really with us, then why hasn't he come through? If God is really with me, then why am I hurting? Thing is, God never promised that our way would always be easy. We know this as Christians. Or that his presence with us meant a life of convenience or comfort. But he did promise this over and over and over again in his word that he would be with us in it all and he would never leave us. That is a gift to us. Jesus himself, while still in the womb, bumped along a difficult journey all the way to Bethlehem. He didn't provide a nice, he wasn't provided a nice comfortable in with lush surroundings. He himself was born into taking his first breaths in humble surroundings. Jesus came into this world in the darkness of night when the skies were black. What a deep symbolic picture of what he came to do. 
the light of hope ushered straight in, not when times were easy or bright. They were on the run. But when the times were hard, when things seemed uncertain, when there was struggle, when there was unrest, when there was a weariness, and many felt unsettled, is it any wonder that His name would hold such power? That He would be called Emmanuel, God with us? The powerful truth that we read earlier that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was ever born is still relevant and needed today for each and every one of us. The season of the year can remind us more than anything that God has made a way to be right here with us, with you and with me, the present gift. He is with you. He's not lost control. He hasn't forgotten you. This week, in fact, you know, only yesterday, um, our son was in hospital again. And for those of you who know our journey, we've all been praying for you, and I, and I thank you for that. And honestly, I was in tears on the kitchen floor when Alex had to bring him to the hospital again. And times can be tough. But as I was broken before God, I just felt just this weight of presence of him as the father enveloping his arms around me and just saying that he's with me. He's with me. Even in the pain, even in the suffering, God's intention right from the beginning when sin entered the world and brought pain and suffering and death and disease, he knew right from the beginning that he would change that for us through his son. Don't ever doubt that God doesn't know what he's doing. In this life, in this world, the enemy is going to want to make you believe that he's far off, that he doesn't care. What has happened in our lives, even the most difficult things, he will use for good somehow. God always doesn't he doesn't always take us around our troubles. Sometimes He leads us straight through them, into the darkness, into the fire, into the deep. But He's faithful to carry us through. He won't let those hardships define you. He breathes life and meaning. He says, we're set free, redeemed. He says, He gives us a hope and a future. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That, that prison that we were in, that, 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 that jail that divided us, that glass that once divided us from God to have that relationship with Him is gone through Christ on the cross. He has not left us, not ever. We're not afraid of the storms. We're not afraid of the uncertainty of the future or unchanging times because He knows our way. He goes before us. He is the light shining in the darkest of nights. He is God with us, our refuge and our strength. We're all familiar with the old Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And, you know, as we sing, I've been just so struck at the power of the, these old hymns, these old carols. The other day we were singing Old Holy Night here in the office as we met and it was so powerful, some of these words. And as we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, 
as we sing this song, this beautiful in this season, and I and I know we'll hear it in the shops. I pray that we stand alongside Isaiah from seven seven hundred years ago. We stand alongside Paul who talks about Christ dwelling in our hearts richly. We stand alongside Matthew, who wrote the account of Jesus 700 years later and recites the prophet Isaiah. The psalmist who said that you are with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. We stand alongside all these heroes of faith and we put our hope in Jesus. He is Emmanuel. He is God's presence deep within our hearts and humanity. The great hope of Advent, then, is perfectly expressed in the name Emmanuel. God with us, now, today, forever. The ever-present gift. The present gift. You might be watching and you've heard about Jesus. I, I was... I was pretty passionate. What you heard today is what we call the gospel. What, we do, what you heard today is the good news of Jesus Christ. Where sin used to separate us from God. God's ultimate intention for each and every one of us watching today and everyone around is that we would have friendship and relationship and closeness with Him. Fellowship, side-by-side companionship with Him. To walk with Him and talk with Him. More than that, He sent His one and only Son so that not only that we can have that fellowship back, but that He would dwell within us by His Spirit so that we could have that fellowship no matter where we are, no matter who we are, So we don't have to go to a particular place. It doesn't have to be a particular time. You don't have to be a particular person. But you can be with Him each and every day. God with us. And you might be watching today and you think, I don't have that. I don't have that relationship. I don't have that fellowship. But today, the good news is you can. And it's simply this, as we read in Romans earlier, that all who call on His name, That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe it in our hearts that He died on the cross for us, the Bible promises us that friendship, that relationship, that fellowship is restored. That all who say, Jesus, I want to live for you, I want to turn to you, that all who draw near to Him, His promise is that He will draw near to you. So today I'm going to pray, I'm going to invite you, if that's you and you want to become a Christian, today is a good day to experience the freedom of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pray, I'm going to say a line, and I'm going to join you to pray with me. And after we pray this prayer, that you becoming a Christian, and we would love to walk with you, we would love to journey with you. Christian isn't, Christian, Christianity isn't a one-man show, it's a team sport, we like to say. And we would love to journey with you on your walk with Jesus. And so afterwards, if you become a Christian today, you say this prayer, there's going to be some buttons in the chat that you can can click, you can get connected with us. We'd love to walk with you and journey with you in this new fellowship with God again. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that Jesus is going to show you that He is with you today, that He is Emmanuel, the present gift. So I'm going to say a line and you can join with me. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you want to be with me. And so today, I confess that you are Lord. Today I say that I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again, and that you now live forever and ever. 
Jesus, today I give you my life. I ask to have fellowship with you again. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Amen. Amen, church. Again, if that was you, please feel free to reach out to us in the chat. Have a great, great week this Christmas season as you celebrate. And remember this, Emmanuel, God with you.